Well, messy Christmas to you. I mean, after all, that's really probably more accurate, isn't it? I mean, we think that it's a Merry Christmas, and we say that all the time, but as you can see in my decorating up here, I tried to make the perfect Christmas for us up here. I tried to do the best decorating I could. I got into the ball of string and the lights and everything else, and you know, and husbands, you know exactly what I'm talking about when you grab hold of these, and they're all in one spot, and you don't know which one of them's out. Remember the ones in the days when one light was out, they were all out, and you had to do that, and uh, fortunately, yesterday I found out that 110 does bite because if there's a broken bulb, even though the rest of them are still on, it will bite you. Messy Christmas, right? I mean, for, for years and years and years, we, we try to do exactly what the Griswolds were trying to do, make the perfect Christmas, get everything all right. And, and then in all actuality, it kind of looks like this right here. There's stuff that you thought was a good idea. You started off with great intentions, and then you ended up with a messy Christmas. And, and let's just face it. I mean, the problem with Christmas and the reason why it's so messy is because we're just messy people. Uh, I mean, people in general are messy, and, and we're not perfect by anything that we do. And, 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 I mean, you know, just think about some of the things you've done getting ready for this Christmas. You have your Christmas cookies. Anybody Christmas cookie bakers? Listen, if you're just a little bit brown on the Christmas cookies, just add more icing, right? I mean, there's no point in throwing that away. I mean, it's, it's you know, if it's a, if it's a messy decoration on, on that, what happens to that? Oh, dear, honey, kids, they, they end up sampling the messy Christmas, don't they? Because you wouldn't dare give those to a friend. You want to make sure that the friend sees all the perfect things of your Christmas and not the messiness of your Christmas. And, and then just like we saw here, too, you've got the, the family, and they're kind of messy, too. And let's just let's face it, some of you are kind of messy in your own life. Some of you are messy in your pre- past and in your present. Some of you are Cousin Eddie. You know exactly who I'm talking about if you've seen that film. If you don't think you're Cousin Eddie, the odds are you actually are Cousin Eddie. And so make sure that you don't withdraw from that at all. But, but messy Christmas to you. And I actually say that very affectionately because this Christmas, I'm just going to encourage you to really be messy about all that you do. I mean, when you think about Christmas, we often pull family into this situation. And we do have that Cousin Eddie, or we are that Cousin Eddie, and we are a little bit messy. And if we even look back at Jesus, you would see that Jesus himself, this child that we celebrate his birth this day, he came from a very messy family. I mean, in his lineage, there, there were murderers, liars, thieves, adulterers, Canaanite people, which if you ever read the Old Testament, the Canaanites were terrible people. There were three of them, actually. There was a prostitute named Rahab that was in his family tree. When you look at Jesus, this perfect, sinless child that came and became the sacrifice for everybody, his, his family past was messy, And just to be fair, while he was perfect, his mom and dad were great people, but it was kind of messy for them too. I mean, by age two, Jesus himself was a refugee running away and going off to Egypt. And his family was running away too. By age nine, they left him at church. I know some of you are thinking, that's a good idea. Let's do that. I'm all for it. That's why we meet in a school, right? We'll get them six days a week. Maybe we'll get them straightened out. I don't know. By age 30, Jesus was hanging out with all kinds of weird people, tax collectors, fishermen, Two of the lowest of the lowest people in all of society. And, and, and this is who this Jesus was. And he was messy. He was known to be nice to women. He was known to be, be nice to, to widows. He was known to be nice to people who had diseases. He even touched them and healed them. I mean, it was messy. And for Jesus, the whole idea was if it wasn't messy, he probably wasn't doing a good job at it. And I actually like that. And Jesus teaches us a very important lesson, and I want you to understand this, that he did all of these things with great joy. He was born this sweet, innocent infant child in a very lowly way in a manger, as we can read in Luke chapter 2. 
But what Jesus did, and this is what I want to encourage you this Christmas especially, and every single Christmas, is simply this one thing. If you walk out of here today and you think about Christmas, one thing, I want you to do this one thing. I want you to embrace the mess. I want you to just embrace the mess. I mean, this is not one of those, hey, listen, if you can't beat them, join them things. I'm not saying that. Because if we're honest, you probably are never going to be able to, to beat them. You're always going to have this somewhere. I mean, you've probably got a room in your house when company comes that things go flying into, right? Instead of just letting it be who it is. And then there's certain people in your lives that when they get a little closer to you and more comfortable with you, you just kind of embrace the mess, don't you? And they embrace yours. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas season more than anything else to embrace the mess. To grab hold of it with both hands and just bear hug it. Squeeze it until all you can get out of Christmas is just the messiest, messy mess, messiest mess you can possibly get. Embrace that mess. You see, Jesus did that because he loved each and every one of us. He embraces our mess. He did so with great purpose and with great plan. Some of us do have messy past. Some of us have messy presence. And I got got a guarantee for you, your future is going to be a little messy too. And yet Jesus said, I'm going to reach in there and I'm going to grab hold and embrace that mess. This morning, I want you to, to, to read with me on the screen or turn your Bible in, in 1 John chapter 4. It's a familiar passage for many people who have studied the New Testament. In 1 John chapter 4, there's, there's two little pieces of scripture right in there that I want you to see. And I want, you to, I want to read this to you first. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. It says simply this, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This love... Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent a son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's messy. That's messy. Every part of that's messy. Verse 13 and 14 follows on. It says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. You see, this is what was going on in all of humanity. Adam and Eve were created. They violated God's rules, his laws. They went against them. They made a decision on their own, and it caused a separation between the creator and the created. And it got messy after that. I mean, it got really messy after that. By the sweat of your brow, God said Abraham, uh, Adam would continue to work so he could provide for himself. No longer would everything just be handed to him. It got messy after that. People were in relationships, they couldn't figure out how to relate to one another or how to God, so he gives them ten commandments and says, if you'll follow these things, it'll help you better have your relationships taken care of because things are going to get messy down here. And slowly and surely they got messier and messier and messier and messier and people began to push God out and they began to ignore him and they stopped worshiping him and started worshiping other things. And finally one night, one starry night, God says to Jesus, I want you to go down there. I want you to go down there and I want you to wrap your arms around all of humanity and I want you just to to embrace the mess. I want you to look at the masterpiece of all that I've created in him and in her and that big one and that little one and that blonde and that brunette and that redhead and the one with the freckles and and the one with no hair, the whole works. I want you to go down there and I want you to embrace the mess. I want you to embrace the liar and the murderer and the thief and the adulterer. I want you to go down there and I want you to wrap your arms around them and just embrace the mess. Just hold them like you're never going to let them go. And as an infant, he was sent to this world just to do that thing. And the shepherds that night, they went in to see this for them very self. 
because they saw that the Savior had been born unto them this day in the city of David. Jesus was going to grow up. He was going to go to a hill and he was going to be sacrificed for all of mankind. And I believe that's one of, the, one of the reasons why his hands were nailed wide open. Because he says, come to me. And I want to embrace the mess of your life. God said, I'm so proud of you, son. I love you so much that you would go down there and you'd be right in the middle of all that so we can bring all of our lost sheep back here, just grab hold of them and hold on to them forever and ever and ever. You know when a new baby is born, they're all wrapped up and they smell okay most of the time, but they, they kind of got that new car smell, you know, that new baby smell. And you see that baby, and you hold that baby in your arm, and I love to watch new grandparents especially because they're the coolest whenever they look at that child, and they're like, okay, i got a second chance here. Yeah. And they hold on to that child, and they're, they're embracing them. And parents, you do this. You, every one of you do this. We all do this. You look right at that infant child, and you just say, I love you, and I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to provide for you, and I'm never, ever, ever going to let anything bad happen to you. Parents, you ever had that conversation? Five or six times over here. You know, it's interesting. I really think that that night as Mary and Joseph were probably holding baby Jesus while he's in that manger, it's probably a little chilly and people are coming from the outside. The innkeeper's probably shaking his head going, I don't know why I couldn't find a room for them. Somebody's probably asking who's watching the sheep out there and there's an angelic glow out there in the middle of the pasture and they're holding this baby and they're saying those things to them. There's the Son of God looking right back at, at humanity, up from his manger, up in his mother's arms. He's looking right back up at her, and he's going, I love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you, and I'm never going to let anything bad happen to you. You see, all the while, she thought she was just holding an infant child, and here's Jesus saying, this is what I came to do. I came to embrace the mess. I came to find the masterpiece in the middle of all the things that you think are not worthy, all the things that are separating you from your creator. I came to embrace the mess. And I'm going to do that for the next 30 years and for all of eternity because I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And yeah, in this world you're going to have some troubles, but don't worry about this world. I've overcome that. I love you. I'll provide for you. I'm never going to let anything bad happen to you. Folks, we do have bad things that happen in our lives. But when we're talking about our eternal salvation, where our souls will rest for all of eternity, where we'll actually celebrate, there won't be any resting in my heaven. I'm going to be worshiping Jesus. The band is going to get worn out up there because we're going to be dancing and celebrating and carrying on, and Jesus is going to be giving out free hugs because he's so worthy and excited to embrace your mess we got a church full of messy people and i love it you frustrate me some days i'm not gonna lie because i look at your mess and i see what god has for you and i want to see great and amazing things happen in your life and i want to see transformation happen in your life i can't do that i can't force it but i know jesus can because he did that in my life and he wants to do that in all of yours too that's why he came to this earth i mean he had us tricked thinking we were going to watch out for him, and all the while he was here to watch out for us. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. 
I'm going to encourage you this next year, and especially this holiday season, that if Christmas looks like this, okay, big deal. If lights are out or there's ribbon everywhere, things aren't clean or company shows up, big deal. When you don't get what you want for Christmas or you buy something and, you know, you probably did and forgot to buy the right size batteries, big deal. It has nothing to do about any of those things. It has everything to do with the mess of the people that you're around and that are sitting around your living room or looking at your Christmas tree that you forgot to water or the leaves are falling off or whatever it may be. Or you find the one area that you didn't fluff enough. You've only had, you know, 30-something days to do that every time you walk by it. Some of you know who you are. I want you to embrace the mess. I want you to look at the messiness of that and just be excited about what God has given you. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have a messy Christmas. And if you embrace the mess and you have a messy Christmas, maybe it'll turn into the merriest of Christmas. After all, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? For unto you a child has been born, a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. You will find him lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the shepherds said to one another, Come, let us see this for our very selves. And when they ran into town, they told everybody, Gloria, glory in the highest. He's been born. Mess and all. Messy Christmas to you. Messy Christmas to you all year long. And I pray that you'll invite God into your mess. Don't keep pushing him out of the way. Invite him into your mess. After all, everybody loves a baby, right? And babies change everything. Let's pray together. Father, we want a Merry Christmas. We want to celebrate a Merry Christmas this year. But, Lord, we admit it, it, it's messy, and it should be because that's how it's designed to be. And Father, every little opportunity we try to create something perfect and something that we try to make cleaner than what it really is, Lord, we, we make a big mistake by putting you out of the picture. And so, Lord, my prayer tonight, especially for all those that are here, is that they will just have the messiest of Christmas. That casseroles will get burned, that batteries won't work, that no one can find the little tiny screwdriver. God, I just pray for a messy Christmas that in the middle of all of that, we'll see that unto us a Savior has been born. And that we'll know that He lives in us because His Spirit resides in us. And we can roll with all the little things that didn't work out the way we hoped they would. And we can embrace the mess because that's exactly what's been done for us. God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for Jesus. We celebrate Him tonight especially. In his holy name that we pray, amen.